check, check, mic check. Show. Presented by Maxis Tires. Get data, decal works, 100% goggles, vertex pistons, Plum Creek funding, seat concepts, and Zools. On PulpMX.com, taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mathis. Yeah, welcome everybody to Fly Racing Moto 60 Show. It's 11 o'clock. A.M. Pacific, thanks for listening and watching. Let's get into Glendale coming up this weekend, the first normal race. I'll tell you more about that, uh, why I think that later on in the show. 702-586-7857. Give us a call. Let's talk some uh, Glendale, Supercross in general, uh, whatever else you're thinking. Uh, go ahead and, uh, and give us a call. We are giving away a pair of 100% goggles and a five-point fly race and knee guard as well. So thank you to the folks at Fly 100% for doing that. Uh, also, Fly, Get. Plum Creek funding, 100%. Maxis, Decal Works, Zool, Seat Concepts, all on uh, the agenda today. Daniel Blair and Zach Osborne calling in to share some uh, Supercross knowledge on you as well. 702-586-7857. Thank you, Fly Racing, man. RJ Hampshire, Justin Brayton, Max Anstey. Fly, fly, fly. Uh, love it. And uh, great company. And the Formula, Formula Helmet's amazing. So please check that out when you can. Formula S Helmet takes the Formula technology to a new level even at that. So got the BOA stuff, uh, closure system on some of their lines. And yeah, lots going on with fly racing. 25 years of fly racing. Thank you to those guys. Uh, head to toe. They've got you covered. Uh, so really appreciate that. Uh, taking your calls over there in the corner. Also watching golf on his laptop at the same time. He's back. The... Tits, tits, what's up? This is correct. Thank I'm you. glad to be here. Thank you. Thanks for the passion. Yes. Uh, working, excited. Working the cameras. Uh, yeah. We got them both in this week. It was amazing. Uh, I've been getting screwed over the last couple of weeks, but they're both in this week. The Chavis Marks. Hi, Marks. Decided I'd show up for work today. Rather late, too. Mar right, Tits? Uh, well, I mean, tits, nobody would know that. Yes. I, it, you know. Whoever gets in second is late, regardless Absolutely. of whatever time the first person gets <laughs> let's in. Try to so. tight, let's try to tighten it up. Then I was fair. Yeah, if I'll, you want to start uh, paying me, I'll wait outside until you get here so we can come in together. Yeah, we can negotiate. Okay. Oh, boy. Yeah. 702-586-7857. Daniel Blair and Zach Osborne coming up here as well. Uh, Max's Tires, man. MXST is developed by that McGrath guy. And right now, the uh, Mad Parts Kawasaki team and PRMX using Max's Tires in main events. Mountain bike tires are next level. You already know that. Soft, intermediate, intermediate to hard tires are available now. Great guys at Max's Tires. They support the sport a number of ways. And thanks to the folks at Max's for coming on the show. Uh, really great tires. And uh, please think of them when you are in the market for a tire for your dirt bike because uh, the new stuff is pretty, pretty good. Um, all right, we've got some lines open still. I want to thank the folks at uh, Decal Works, of course, PulpMX24 is code to save. Great sticker company. PulpMX24, decalmx.com. They will design your graphics for whether it's a 60, 80. Uh, I didn't even know that Cowie makes a 112. I want to talk to Blair about this. I saw this yesterday. Um, but they'll any size bike, any year, they've got templates for it. They'll make you got graphics with all your sponsors on it. They'll design it. They'll send you a proof. You can approve it, deny, uh, deny it, move your stickers around, number plate font, all of that at uh, decalmx.com. So thank you to those guys for all that they do uh, for the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, use the code to save. It's like 20% off or something. So, uh, All right, let's get to our first guest of the night here on the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. He is uh, from the Orange Brigade, uh, amongst other things, main event moto as well. Of course, it's Daniel Blair. What's up, DB? What's happening, Steve? How did you get off the spear, uh, the sphere yesterday? Yeah, they, they got me down eventually. It was tough, but they, okay. they didn't like it. Yeah, I didn't like that. Yeah, so. I wouldn't think so, though. But hey, you know what's funny, dude, is how you have just painted yourself into this. Because yeah. as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, Steve. And then, like, the whole internet caught on yeah. to too, like, oh. within five seconds. So. Probably 150 tags overall. <laughs> I'm just like, got it, everybody. Um, listen, uh, hey, listen, you're the amateur guy, okay? 
And I'm yep. going to make myself look like an idiot here, but I don't care because I, I don't care like how I look. I just I want to be informed. I want to be educated. Okay. I went to the great Tony Berluti's house yesterday, right? And he's, yep. al- he's always working on bikes. When did Cowie come out with a 112? Is that <laughs> – what, what, when did that happen? What, what did I, I miss? I, I don't know. It was pre. It was pre me being in this position. So I came into it and I was like, "Oh, they got a one twelve. But um, I've seen him around for a couple of years. But I don't. I don't okay. know the date. Why he's got one? He's got one. He's working on it, and it says one twelve on the shroud. I'm like, wait, what? Like I know people take the big wheels and they make one o fives and one 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 twelves, I guess, and they race them. I'm aware of all of this, but I thought they took an eighty five and put on a bigger kit. I did not know that Kawasaki sells this bike. So yeah, I think they 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 put the whole one twelve together and sold it off the floor like that. So, okay, yeah. All right. So yeah, you can't really help me, and I I probably look dumb <laughs> to people. I had no idea this bike existed, but Cowie has a KX one twelve. Who knew? Okay. Uh, well, well, if you look dumb, then I look dumb because I don't know, and it's my job to know. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, let me ask you something. Um, and JT disagreed with me. Obviously, shocking. Uh, but okay. This weekend is the first normal Supercross race of the year. Like, Detroit was gnarly, and everyone was having problems, and there were some big crashes, and there were some big near crashes, and it was a day race, and all of that. And then we had Mudders, and a Triple Crown, and then Anaheim won, which is always a weirdo. Finally, Daniel Blair, finally, this weekend, round six, is the first normal Supercross race. Are you with me on that? I mean, it felt that way. I mean, that's, that, yeah, yeah, or it feels that way. And probably, too, because January, when you're getting dealt a a rain race in January, it ruins everything. But when you have two of them in a row, it makes the whole thing seem weird. Then we come back with a triple crown, so we can't gauge that perfectly. Detroit felt like the first one for me, especially because East was starting. But that wasn't the Detroit I thought was coming. Last year was hard pack and kind of slick and a couple ruts here and there. But that was good old, like, indie Toronto vibes for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, That was was a weird one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. By uh, by the way, uh, good job in uh, Houston 2001. We did a re-raceables last night with Travis Preston. And, uh, yeah, you got, like, 12. Good job. 14, 12, 14. Yeah, good job. All right, sweet. I don't remember. I, the early years were a blur. Um, so I, I'm stoked, though. Yeah. Did Travis Preston, did he know who I was? Yeah, we all, well, we asked whatever happened to you, and nobody knew. Oh, okay, never yeah. mind. Just, as long as Travis uh, knew who I was at the time, that was cool, because I knew who he was. I was a big fan of him, actually, because he was like the anti-Stewart. You know, he was the guy that stopped James. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I think we were all on board with uh, Preston at that time. So, uh, cool. Hey, so uh, I don't know if you've noticed, Daniel, but there's been a pattern to Jets' two wins. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Okay, and I know you've been on this guy for a long time, generational. Um, mm-hmm. Is this his blueprint to win? And I don't even mean a whole shot, but I'm saying a top three start and check out early. Is this his blueprint to win, or is he going to win other ways? Well, he's – in my opinion, he has two blueprints. One is a winning method, and one is the losing method. And you're 100% right. The 20 minutes plus one lap, you know, no weirdo conditions, just the, the, the overall normal Supercross vibes with a good start. And then, yeah, he's going to be, like, really hard to beat because he does everything right, and he does everything a little bit better than everybody. But as soon as you start throwing in some variables that are outside the normal, whether it's weather or a triple crown or – even like just Jason, just the chaos, anything weird, and he kind of falls apart in, in, in current form. So, yes, the blueprint is there for him to be really successful, and these guys are going to have to figure out something early because I, I do think if Webb or Sexton, these guys can make it, pick it late, get into the lappers, get, get to the later part of the track when it's really beat up, they got a shot, but they got to be more than just in the shadows. You know, mm-hmm. they got to be there, like really there. And last week, Chase kind of sat back and just took it, and Coop maybe had the best shot at it. I'd say speed mentality-wise, but he just, you know, he kind of goofed up the night. So, yeah, you're right, though. The, the, the well, blueprint is scary, and it's it's not been beaten yet. Yeah, be it hasn't been. But then, I mean, also too on the on the non obvious on the obvious side, I should say, uh, racer gets good start, does good in the race. You know, I mean, that's also yeah. the, you know that's a that's a tale as old as time. But but uh, yeah, man, we've seen his two dominating wins, and they've kind of fit the same script. So I'm interested. He's got to now cross off. You know, sixth place start, seventh place start, and come through everybody. Yeah. You know, do I think? Yeah, that, and that—that's yeah. the middle, right? That's right. the middle we haven't seen yet. Is can you start in six to eight, mm-hmm. deal with deal with Jason and Kenny and these guys, and then be able to go and make the the run with with time? You know, yeah. 
because he because he's getting out front, and when he's up front and he can manage, he's kind of unbeatable that way because he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He, he, he knows how to manage a three-second lead very, very well. He did it all damn summer. So, no, that part's fixed, but I, or that part's right. But you're right. I want to see that middle yeah. part. Like, deal with some crap early, then, like, get through it and then put on a late racer and beat somebody. I, I do want to see that. I mean, I think he can. I'm not saying he can't, but we just have to, we have to see it. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, so that should be interesting to see. Glendale's always a good race, man. Good track, uh, big stadium floor. Yeah, Glendale's a good one. I'm excited. Yeah, and this layout, too, uh, is cool. I, I like when they come out. I always look and do the whole predetermined thing. I mm-hmm. think, you know, all, all of us do. We look at it. Um, but Glendale actually gets me excited. Um, big rhythm, two sand sections that I think are actually designed to be correct and used right. Um, and I'll be straight up honest. I didn't like Detroit's layout when I saw it come out, and I didn't really like it that much last Saturday either. I think the ruts and the, the dirt made it okay and made it kind of interesting, but the layout itself was generic. Uh, Glendale looks really cool, yeah. so I, I'm pumped for that one. Yeah, normally it normally is pretty great. 702-586-7857. I want to ask you about Christian Craig, uh, and but uh, I did a podcast with him that was pretty honest and revealing uh, the other day on Racer X online. But I do want to ask you something that we, Christian and I did talk about. You know, yeah. and I and I talked to Mike Mewey, who you know well, uh, about the track changes: nine whoops, dozer whoops, uh, no dragon backs. They're trying to keep the guys safe. Uh, what's your thoughts on this, DB? Well, I'm going to take, I believe, a unpopular opinion, and it, to many it may come across as a sissy opinion. Okay. Uh, but being five foot five and three quarters, whoops, suck, dude. Like, <laughs> I don't like them. I think they suck, and I, I get their existence and their purpose, but I don't like a section of the track where people with physical, uh, better physical traits have a real advantage. Like, I feel bad for Cooper Webb, and, and, and I don't want to hear people go, oh, Ricky won, and Cooper won, and RV won. I get it. The best are still the best. But by, by just design, whoops benefit people that are longer, have more leverage, have more size, have a little more strength. And so I want them in there, but I don't want them to be a deal breaker for someone like Cooper or someone on the smaller side. So I'm sorry that that take is weak. Yeah, I don't. I don't pathetic. like this take. Yeah, I do not like this. No, take. but yeah. but I lived my whole life having to deal with those things, and they scared the crap out of me my whole life. And I had moments where I was okay, but no, I I, I want okay. them in there. I like them challenging. I wish they could be more creative with the entry and exit. Maybe that would make it a little cooler. But I'm not. I'm not a hater on the idea of getting rid of big, giant, massive killer whoops because, dude, it does take smaller people out of it. And I and I'm. And I'm a small person, so y'all can kiss my ass if you don't like that opinion. <laughs> wow. Okay. Didn't expect Sorry. you to go there. That's fine, uh, though. Short man, yeah. short man syndrome yeah. comes out every once in a while, and it does when you talk whoops. So. Uh, okay. So I did talk to Christian. You know, he, he's not making any excuses, but his elbow, since his elbow injury, it's been hard to trust his elbow. Uh, you know, he said Nathan Ramsey's been very positive on him. They're going to try those frames again. They're going to go back to the to the newer frames. They, they stuck with the older ones. You know, they're searching. They're looking. Malcolm's not crushing it either um but you know he you, you could hear in his voice um how sort of down he is and you know he's off social media he's he says there's nobody is no, nobody texts him right because he's, he's having a rough time um these are the the other side of the factory rider stuff that fans don't really see yeah and it's sad um i haven't heard the interview yet i saw the clips you just put up though um and yeah here's what i think happens and it's so hard to do this and i'm i'm, I'm trying to learn how to work with the mind right now you know i'm dealing with kids and amateurs so it's a little bit different but i still think it carries into the older guys but you you gotta find a way to reset and just press the button and say i'm gonna start over and it usually starts with the mind everything else follows and i think for christian he probably had expectations they weren't met early it spirals a little left here Mm -hmm. a little right there and the next thing you know your confidence is shot and you're just you're just numb you're just out there and sometimes a rider has to just do a hard reset and go, I, I'm going to emotionally start over. And then you make smaller wins, like make smaller goals and say, okay, what's my best finish this year? It's 13. Whatever. Okay, just go beat that first. And then you start accumulating like the dominoes of victory. And you start kind of gilding the momentum and then you get hot again. And the cool thing about this sport, as much as they can forget about you and they're doing bad, as soon as you do good, everyone's on you. So it just takes a week or two. And Christian, if I'm him, I'm picking like four or five weeks out from now, and I'm saying by then I'm going to be back in this thing, but i got to start over and start small. And it's just it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe the frame helps, but it all starts in the mind, man. As soon as you get that right, everything else starts 
falling into place. Yeah, it's uh, he's in a he's in a dark place right now. I mean, you know, I wanted to talk to him about it, and he was pretty honest and open about it. But yeah, I mean, it's his last year of his contract, and you know, he's a hot factory rider, and yeah, it's not good. So that's the yeah, uh, that's the flip side to it, right? And the guy's so talented, uh, we all know that. So um, yeah, well, it's, and it's mental for sure because he, you could tell when he's confident, he's aggressive, and that's you can. Christian's silky smooth, so you could see like his good and bad. But when he's aggressive, it's it's easy to identify, and that mm-hmm. only comes from being comfortable. So press reset, get comfortable, and it could take a week or two, and honestly, he could snap out of it. It's just it's going to take the right formula at the right time, and at least he's identifying there's problems. I mean, that's the first thing, right? Own up to it. Yeah. So um, he'll be all right. He just needs a press reset. All right. Okay. Do you want to take some calls? Let's do that. Uh, yeah. Daniel Blair here on the uh, Fly Race and Moto 60 show. First up is uh, Devin on one. What's up, Devin? Hey, uh, have you guys confirmed yet whether 450s are going first on the night show? I believe they are, um, and I, I heard it was a season-long change. Um, whoa, whoa, what? Yeah. Like, that's from now on? Like I the heard, rest of the year? Well, I heard that. That's not confirmed, but, oh, I believe, wow. but I believe this weekend, again, I can look at the the um, the schedule here. But, yeah, I believe it. they are first again, Devin. Oh, I bet Kate is probably stoked. Uh, yeah, 450s are first this weekend. Yep. So I got that. So, right. And I heard it's going to be a permanent what you change. Guys, what do you guys think about what that does for the racing and the difference of tracks that they face throughout the night show? Uh, I don't think it matters, really. Uh, Daniel? Mm, I mean, it's a little bit of a change off over with the tracks. I mean, the, the, the 250 guys get dealt a blow here. Like, they don't get the sweet track for the heat race. They got to, you know, wait and get it chewed up a little bit. Then they have the short turnaround. But in, in reality... And this might be a bad take, too. I apologize ahead of time. But the 250 guys shouldn't be getting the same uh, treatment as the 450 guys. I feel like the 450 guys is premier. And if we have to work the schedule around to make it better for the 450s and for the fans and for the whole experience, then I'm okay with the 250 guys kind of having to take a little bit of a hit here because they are the premier class. I want to see the best guys first, and I want to see the best guys last. So I feel the 250 guys maybe got, um, you know, that might be a little bummer for them, but overall it's not that dramatic, and I think it's better for the overall experience, in my opinion. I don't, yeah, I don't really care one way or another. The only thing I don't understand is why can't the 450 LCQ go last? Why do the 250 guys have nine minutes to get to the gate the, from the 250 LCQs to the main, the top four? I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me, so that's super weird. I don't care one way or another, though, about starting first or last, you know? Yeah, I, so. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Like I said, it didn't yep. bother me, and it didn't make me super stoked. I was like, all right, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, it is. I've I've often said like you introduce your stars to the sport, and then they go away for 20 minutes. That makes no sense, you know. Right. Like uh, right. everybody wants, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Opening ceremonies in the the even on the broadcast, you know, you come out the big topic 450. And then, oh, here's this other class yeah. that we really haven't talked about. We'll see yeah. these guys in a bit. So it does make sense for the overall production of the show to mm-hmm. come out and see Jet Lawrence yeah. and Jason Anderson right out of the gate in a battle. I mean, yep. to me, that's a it's, a it's a better start to Absolutely. a to a well-rounded produced show. Absolutely, for sure. Devin, you want a pair of 100% goggles or Fly Racing 5-point knee guards? Uh, I'll take some goggles. That'd be awesome. Okay, thanks for calling. Stay on hold. All right, we'll get you those goggles. Uh, all right, line two is... Luis. What's up, Luis? Luis? Hey, how's it going? Good. What's your um, Tomac? Tomac uh, question, huh? Yeah, I was just wondering, do you think at, at this point in Tomac's career, like he would benefit from maybe training at the Star Compound? I mean, obviously it's worked for him well in Cortez, but to me it seems like he lacks like some intensity. Obviously his other teammates are able to, to move through the pack pretty well. But no, I mean, I look uh, – what you're asking is valid uh, years ago, but, I mean, he's in his last yeah. year or the year, uh, you know, maybe two. Um, so, no, I don't think that that's, you know, that's not going to be the switch that he's going to need to flip, you know. Um, I get what you're saying, though, but he's never been into that, right? He had J-Mart there, he had Zacco there, but it's a pretty tight uh, compound there, and that's the way he wants to do it, and it's worked for him. So I'm going to say no, Daniel. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I, I think – I think the issue right now, for being honest, is more just the reality of the whole situation, which is everyone's healthy, everyone's aggressive right now, everyone's flying. He is coming back from an injury. He's older. He, in reality, doesn't have anything that he has to prove. There's no, like, man, if I just get that, I'll be complete. So I think it's more the, the macro story here that's the issue with him. And In fact, you, you do bring up a great point, though. 
he's been a phenomenal racer as far as battling and in the pack and coming through the field for a 10-year period. And that's crazy for a guy who does ride a lot alone. Yeah, And so, no, I, I don't think he needs that because his formula has worked for him all through the glory years. This is more of just the reality of, man, it, this is hard, and he may not have been as prepared or as as tight as he needed to be coming in. So I, I don't think it's who he's riding with. I think there's bigger things at play. Thanks for the call, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, all right, let's get to uh, caller three. David, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on, Steve? Yeah, what's your question? <clears throat> I had a question about um, Enzo Lopes. I was curious what um, like Star's expectations are for him because he's only on a one-year deal and he had his arm pump surgery, and so he's already missed the first round of the East Coast. So what is Star, like a top five consistent guy? Do they want him a podium guy to get him another deal? Oh, um, it's Star Racing. It's podium or bust, I think. <laughs> you know, I mean, he was close to that on the club bike, so if you're Star guys, you're like, look, man, you know, you're on a better bike. And podiums are bust. I really, I really believe that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank oh, you. I agree. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, big thing for for Enzo. Uh, okay. Shad's on five. What's up, Shad? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Good. Yeah. So I'm hearing all this and wondering what you know and how it'd work with the JGR and Ducati deal. Yeah. Possibly. I mean. Yeah, I mean, that's just funny. That's a rumor right now. I know they've talked. Ducati and JGR have talked. Um, and Coy's son, Ty, and Coy's widow. Um, God damn, what's her name now? I forget. She's a really nice lady. Um, they are interested in going. Um, you know, that's something that maybe they thought Coy would like. So there's been discussions there. But, you know, Ducati's talked to club. They've talked to Heather. Heather is her name. Uh, they've talked to club. They've talked to Phoenix Honda. They, had, they met with HEP. HEP's not doing it. They re-up with Suzuki. But Ducati has talked to almost everybody in the pits. But, man, I think the JGR thing probably looks pretty attractive to them. So, Really? This for 2025, then? Yes, this would be for 20. Ah, the bike's coming out in 2025. So, I don't think racing in 2025, racing in 2026, but, like, they would ramp up in 2025. Okay. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. Thanks for the call. Thanks. be cool to see JGR back at the races, DB. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I, I it's crazy because Triumph did it their way, right? I mean, they re- they came here. They've, they've kind of developed, I mean, straight from the ground up here. Like, they've built that way, uh, their, their logistics. Where Ducati, from what I had heard, yeah, they want to come here and find something that's already got framework and just work with them. Club and Phoenix make sense. I heard they want to be on the East Coast because it's obviously mm-hmm. easier for them. But uh, JGR, I mean, there's just so much history there. There's backing. There's there's the, the reach in the other sports. And Ducati obviously is aware of the other sports. So to me, that one makes a whole lot of sense. The question comes down to, like, who's running it and who's running the – I mean, who's the crew chief and who – that, that I think that matters more to me than just the name JGR is, is who actually runs the program. Well, I think Mr. Albrecht would be back there. Right back at it. Yeah, I, mean, I think so. He's still, he's still with those guys, right? Yep. With all the JGR guys? Yep, yep. Oh, yeah. See, um, that, that seems plug and play to me. And then also there is a little bit of conflict from what I hear because uh, Audi owns Ducati and JGR is Toyota guys. Another car manufacturer, oh. right? They go NASCAR racing with Toyota. So I don't know if that's a problem, but I've heard that that could be an issue. So we'll see, hmm. you know. Uh, hmm. But let's go to Matt on four. He's got an idea how to get fewer pileups on the starts. Matt, uh, number one idea, don't go the width of the stadium, you know. Yeah, for, for yeah. sure. So uh, just, just something I've been watching is, you know, the whole race day live program is three hours of qualifying. Mm-hmm. And then the standard Supercross format is, two out of the three hours are more qualifying for gate pick, right? Mm-hmm. And then it all gets blown up in the first turn 50% of the time. It's like a roll of the dice if they even make it through the turn. Um, one thing I was thinking is if they would just stagger the gates a bit, like six inches from first to second to third, you know, six inches each position. So if you qualified first, you'd be at that point 10 feet ahead of the last place right, qualifier. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, just stagger not... that little bit. Get the, get the handlebars ahead of each other, you know? Look, look uh, it, motocross was st- invented on a starting gate that was equal um it's a hard yeah, thing to get away it. from i'm not saying the idea is dumb but it's it would be a hard yeah. sell i think to change the fundamentals of our sport daniel but what do you think i, I mean I, I get the reasoning and honestly if we were starting all over brand new it, it's a pretty valid idea but there's just so much tradition and history around lining them up hearing the noise all drop together and seeing who 
can get through it. So to yeah. me, I think the issue is just, I mean, I'll just rip the Band-Aid. Like, no more 90 first corners. And, and I'll tell you the reason. These guys aren't going as fast into those. They're not moving as fast, so they, they're more aggressive. Riders are more aggressive when things are at slower speeds. So when they go into a faster first corner, they have a little bit of room to navigate, and they don't just send it on in on everybody, where when you do the 90, it takes one dude to just do a little too much, and then what did you see? You saw 10 of them go down like dominoes. So the 90 invites it because it's at a slower pace, and people think they can use aggression in the first corner to make up for a bad jump, where they don't do that on the long one. So I, I think the, the, easy, the easy start to the fix is eliminate 90 first corners, just no more of them. Yeah. Thanks, yeah, Matt. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. Hey, hey, thanks, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. I mean, Daniel, I would go even further and – we got greats, and we got starting maps, and we got blocks, and we got uh, RPM dashboards from the folks at Get. You know, we got all this stuff going on, and start devices, and it's keeping everybody closer. You know, yeah, taking- I, I, I hate that. I hate that part too, man. I really do. It takes the talent, it takes the feel out of starts. And now, like, I think mm-hmm. you're even the one that said it. Like, oh, the Honda found something. Like they found something. It's not like they found a new technique. They just found a new setting that yeah. allows it all to work better. And that's like. I guess that's a cool part of this sport too. A lot of people like that side, the technical, the um, the technology, the mo- all that. But for me, the start, I just feel like I, I want to see talented starters get the start, and not just the team that puts together the best program from mm-hmm. top to bottom. So I, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just a realist. I know where we're at, so I get it. But God, I wish we could get rid of all that crap and make starts a little bit more raw. I agree. Uh, Ryan's got an Enzo Lopes question also. What's up, Ryan? What's your question about Lopes? BB, big-time guy. Thank you for taking that call. All right. Hey, so um, did Enzo get – two-part question. Did Enzo get hurt before signing with Star, or did he get hurt while training with Star? He didn't really get hurt, per se. It was just like a cleanup of an old injury. Gotcha. Okay, so my follow-up question was going to be, does him taking this big risk on himself, joining Star, coming into the season already a race down, is him starting behind like that? But being Supercross only going to affect his future with Star potentially, do you think? Not if he goes really fast no. in, <laughs> in the races that are left. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Daniel? Fair enough. Well, then where yeah, do you guys I, put him? I mean, into this weekend. Uh, well, he's not racing this weekend because it's back to the West. But um, oh, right. I, I think he's a top five guy. Top five guy, you know? Yep. Yeah. I, I, well, here's the thing. He's proven. So I, he's proven that he can be a top five guy for multiple years now. Like that, that last year wasn't brand new. He's been doing this for a while. So he's already proven he can be consistent and be good all season long. So if you're a star, you're not going, well, you better get top three in points or you better win. They want to see a high ceiling because a high ceiling can get you race wins. That's why they took Jordan Smith because the ceiling is really high. So no, all Enzo has to do is come in and be flashy and, and go and win a heat and get a podium and show that the ceiling's high, and then he's back. It's it's not a matter of can you do it every week because he already has done that. Mm-hmm. So no, he just needs he needs one or two big ones, and that's all they'll need. Thanks, in Ryan. My opinion. Thank you. Awesome, thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Like they just got to see something. Um, just see something splashy. Just yep. be, be be a winner. Show you can be a winner, and we'll bring you back. I, I bet you that's what it is. Josh, you got a uh, uh, J Mark question? Hi. Uh, yes. Uh, you there? I have another okay. bad opener. Yeah, with him having another bad opener, yeah. um, do you think it's up for the 250 for Jeremy? Oh, you're kind of breaking up. Um, all right, sorry, you're breaking up. Something about J-Mart. Uh, look, I I was telling people, like, that could be it for J-Mart after that bad concussion. It's not. He's going to race. He's fine. He checked out fine. But how much more hits can this dude take, DB? So, I, I yeah. hate it for him, man, because it, it, the one thing we've never gotten to see is the one thing we all want, which is him to ride outdoor on a 450 and just see how that goes. Like mm-hmm. I, I've just always wanted that just for him, but he keeps getting banged up in Supercross every year. And, yeah, it's always the opening round. I mean, maybe the dude needs to sit out like the first one yeah. and yeah. just start at round two or three because, I mean, this is going back even when he was a – factory guy who didn't make the first round in the main event. Remember when he didn't make the main at the opener? Yeah, yeah, a couple, like, two, two years in a row. Sit it out. Yeah, yeah. Sit it out and start at round two, but just get through Supercross so that we could get a good summer and, and dude, I don't know if it's going to happen because of you know time and where he's at, but dude, I just want to see a summer of 450 for Jamar. Yeah. That's all I'd like to see. I'm with you. Plum, Plum Creek Funding, if you're looking to purchase a home in 2024, your rates have dropped, uh, lived up a little bit, maybe now is the time. If you're a first-time buyer or investor, 
If you need a vacation home like what Daniel has, uh, Plum Creek Funding has programs to suit your needs. If you already home, own a home looking to pull cash out, contact Zach Morris today, Z-A-C-H at PlumCreekFunding.com. Over 25 years of experience, reach out to Zach. And uh, thanks to Plum Creek Funding for coming on board the show. Uh, Anthony's on five about riding schools, which DB does some. So what's up, Anthony? Hey, so I'm not trying to talk shit about anybody, but so Ryan Villapoto's Carmichael, James, Chad, Dungy, Eli, if you want to go GP, Hurlings, and Tony Caroli. So I'm curious. So AJ Catanzaro, I think that's how you say his last name. I don't want to say it wrong. But everything, he like, I know he has some type of deal with the Lawrence, if I'm correct. Well, he used right? to, not anymore. Okay. So, but he still kind of, he still kind of does the same, like, does the same thing. So everything that some other rider does, it can be Plessinger or Anderson, he has to base it off of Jet, like making it seem to like someone coming into the sport can be confused. What's the question? Like, what are you getting at? The only way to ride. Okay, you're breaking up. I, I know. I know what he's saying. Yeah, like you get what I'm saying, because like, it's just like it's. If you're looking from the outside in and you're brand new and you're trying to get into the sport, like, you're going to be set to, like, one riding style if you go to his classes or his school rather than if you see every other champion, no one rides the same. Uh, yeah, I, I okay. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, what I love about our sport is you could ride like Jet Lawrence or you can ride like Mike LaRocco and be champions, right? It's great. Yep. You can be any size. Yeah. You can be Ricky Carmichael size or Mike Bell, and you can win t- titles. I love that about our sport. There is no one way to ride a dirt bike. Anybody who tells you that is wrong. Um, there are certain things you need to do, certain uh, ideas, but the rider, the riding, these ex-riders that post videos of, like, Jet Lawrence is like, this is perfect. This is what I've been saying all along are full of shit. Because they just they just pick whoever is winning and tell you that that's what they want to, them to do, you know what I mean? It's such a it's such a lame thing to do, but that's what these guys need to do to make money, you know, and stay relevant. But yeah, I'm just like, yeah, you can ride either any way you want and ride and win. Okay, that, that's my point because it's it's just coming across my feed all the time, right? And I'm just like, dude. Like, yeah, these guys are trying to make money by, you know, attaching themselves to these stars. We used to have Gary Bailey. When I was at Yamaha, Chad was, you know, crushing it. And Gary Bailey would run in the lounge and show Chad things on tape. And it, it's like, yeah, man, you never helped Chad once. And now you're trying to help him because he's winning. So then you can tell people you helped Chad Reed. Chad never used one bit of your schooling coming from Australia to win races and now you want to jump on the bandwagon so you can tell people I worked with Chad Reed you know it's, it's, it's just, just yeah it's it's too much for these guys and but thanks for the call man I appreciate it thank you no problem uh Daniel do you agree yeah yeah I was, I'm saying I, I, I want to comment because this is it's a good discussion so <clears throat> first off AJ did have the relationship with the Lawrences so there was a connection there not only that AJ if you watch his videos which I have I think he does a good job at what he does but he definitely is forming riders to ride in the position of the Lawrence's because it's current. I think there is like some, I'd say some physics behind it as far as the way he rides with his weight distribution. But the idea that there is only one right way to ride and everything else is wrong is 100% wrong. I mean, you, you wouldn't have Antonio Cairoli with the resume that he has because he looks nothing like Eli Tomac and look at their two careers. Like there, there's too much range. So um, I'm with you. I think, I think the the biggest key with coaching, and I do that at you know out here at Next Level 101, is is diversity and being able to adapt. So we actually do drills where we make the kids sit down through everything with their leg out, and then we have them stand up with their feet on the pegs, and we do the same corner over and over like 30 times all the different ways. Because what I tell everybody is you have to be good at all of them. You might come to a track where you got to be sitting a lot more than normal. You better be a good sitter. Uh, you might need to stand a lot more, so you better be a good stander. So you should actually be trying to ride like Cairoli, trying to ride like Jet, trying to ride like Anderson. So you pick up a little bit of all the things that they do, and you can adapt when you have to. And then with that, with that range of skill set, now you can actually form who you're going to be 90% of the time. So, um, I, like I said, I don't disagree mm-hmm. with AJ and the physics behind the way he's teaching the riding because Jet is current and it's really good. 
But no, there is not one way. There is a hundred ways to ride a motorcycle and be successful, and you should honestly know all of them and not just have one. Yeah, I just so. these guys want to make money and they want to put videos up of Jet or the whoever was winning, and be like, "This is what I'm teaching." Oh, cool, man! Right on! Wow, imagine that! Imagine that! You're teaching the winning way. Nobody ever puts up right. a video of like Barsha in twelfth and be like, "This is what I've been teaching." You know, it's it's such a cop out. Uh, all right, last question for DB. This one's a good one too. Fly racing Moto sixty show. Fitz has a question for Daniel Blair on four. Go ahead, Fitz. Daniel, if you were Dave Frater right now, what significant move would you do for Supercross? <laughs> I'm not answering that. Wait, 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 wait. Let me let me rephrase it. Dana White, what would you do? Come on. You got the power. Let's do this. Yeah. We need to it. get to the next level. Oh, man. That's a terrible setup because I'm trying to be this more honest person now and, like, be a little more degap. But that's, like, that's a poisonous question for me, man. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to sit out of that one and just go no 90-degree starts or no 90-degree first corners no more. We'll start there, and then we can work into other stuff. But I'm going to stay away from this one, Steve. Wow. Sorry. Wow. You take it. I got one wow. for you. I got one more for you. What would be more significant? The Swifty effect by Jet Lawrence. No. No. Nope. Getting someone nope. that big. No. Or, no. or Cooper Webb showing up on the podium with a Trump hat. I got, uh, how about, okay. I got one. How about Cameron McAdoo rides with his wiener out? Yeah, there we go. That's good. There Let's we just go. do that. I, uh, yeah, that will, that'll help. I mean, we hit mainstream this week, dude. We hit mainstream this we week. We did. Finally. TMZ, Barstool. What I don't understand is we had Taylor Swift. Her name was Pink, and she was almost as big as Taylor Swift back in the day, and she was around the races with Carrie Hart and the RCH team. And, like, yeah, nothing happened. No. Because I, we I, didn't I, have I, Daniel Blair. Okay. We need Fair it. Fair enough. All right. Well, that's a good point, yeah. So thank you very much. But no, I, I after watching the way the NFL has destroyed itself over this Taylor Swift stuff, I pray that no Supercross racer ever gets with a celebrity because I know our sport won't be able to handle it and it will be shoved down your throat so bad. And I can't stand it. I can't even watch football. I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I can't stand it so much. So please, riders, don't she's, date a celebrity. She's we on the screen for like 20 seconds a game, DB. I mean, calm down. I, I agree with you, Violent shoved down my throat, man. I can't stand <laughs> it. I absolutely hate it. Okay, fair enough. Thanks, Fitz. Thanks for the call, man. God bless. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thank you. Vertex Pistons, premier choice for aftermarket pistons, gaskets, complete engine rebuild kits for ATVs, UTVs, and dirt bikes. They're a member of the All Balls Racing Group, a combination of the finest aftermarket power sports brands out there. AllBallsRacingGroup.com, Vertex Pistons, Vertex. Precision equals performance. DB, before I let you go, uh, who's your winners this weekend in Glendale? Oh, let's see here. Big track, open track, hard pack. Jeez, I mean, I, am I supposed to pick what I think, what I would bet, or what I want? I'm, no, I want what, you would bet. I, what you would bet on. Who's going to uh, win? I mean, Jet. I mean, I'll, I'll take Jet, and I'll take Kitchen to win again. Okay, fair enough. Nice, safe, nice, safe picks. Yeah. Um, I mean, you said. I mean, if, yeah, I'm, yeah. if I'm putting money on, I'd go Jet and Kitchen. If I'm wanting to get emotional and just throw one out there, I'll go Kenny. And then uh, let's get Joe Shimoda back in there to shake it up and remind us all that he's legit because he's been very off this year. So I'll go Shimoda and Kenny with my heart, okay. Kitchen and Lawrence with my money. All right, sounds good, DB. Thanks for the time today on the show. Thank you. Later. Bye. Thanks, bye. Uh, Fly Racing Moto 60 show, flyracing.com. Get it at your local dealer or motorsport.com. Thank you to the folks at Get and Athena as well. Uh, great ECUs. Factory Honda using their ECUs there. And uh, two-stroke CDI is available now for the fuel-injected bikes. Uh, email us using the contact form of pulpamex.com. We'll pass it on to Get and Athena, and you can get a deal from those guys. Uh, Plum Creek Funding, 100%. Zools, Seat Concepts, Decal Works, Maxis, all on board with us. Also on board with us, our regular Zach Osborne. What's up, Zacho? Uh, cruising along, man. How's the riding going? I didn't ride today. I, I rode a little bit on Tuesday. Okay. But, um, that's kind of it. Yeah, you got to start getting ready for First National, I guess, soon, right? I don't know. Do I? Okay. All right. Well, we'll keep asking every week. We'll see how it goes. That one guy before me, though, on the phone, I don't know who he was that called in. Mm-hmm. He sounded like a disgruntled Cowboys fan. He did, yeah. He, he, I think he was. Sure. He was very angry. They're all disgruntled. It's like yeah. being, It's like being Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Same thing. That wasn't Daniel Blair, was it? It was.
Oh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> uh, all right, Zacho, I got two things immediately I want to talk to you about. First of all, okay, that guy, Mr. Savachi, that you hang out with, uh, Triumph guy, um, you've been involved in just you know being tight with this Triumph and the program with Joey just because you're riding partners and you trained him for a while and wrote, worked with him. I want your take on Jalik and Evan Ferry debuting the Triumph in Detroit and both putting in the main event. Evans didn't go so well, but Jalik rode well. What do you think of Triumph's uh, debut? Uh, I thought it was a overwhelming success. I mean, um, with the time that they've had, uh, I know some things have been kind of just on the on the deadline, on the limit for as far as getting material and stuff. I think they've done a great job um, managing all that to get two bikes in the main. Um, like you said, Evans' race didn't go very well just from the get-go. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, I would say um, to be at the race, to get in the main, and you know, get moving forward, I think it was was a success. Okay, yeah, fair enough. I thought the bikes looked pretty good, too. They both? Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, um, Evan starting in the, in the uh, LCQ where he came from all the way to the outside. Like, mm-hmm. you got to have some power to do that, even if you get a great start. You yeah. know, you, you still got to have some power to come all the way across like that. Uh-huh. And, um, I mean, I, I think the bike's competitive. Like I said last week, I, I definitely don't think that they're, they're going to be lacking anywhere. Those are all your old guys, dude. Scuba. Bobby, you know, yeah, it's your guys, yeah, over there. Um, Good team. I did talk to uh, Evan during track walk, and then Jalik after the race, and they both told me they're, you know, the most impressed they are with the bike is the handling, the way it can turn. So I don't know if Joey's talked about that or if you've noticed that, but they said the turning is really yeah, good. Yeah, I think that the bike is pretty forgiving um, from what I can what I can see. Like when I watch the bike, I think it's pretty pretty forgiving, pretty relaxed. Um, and not not super rigid. I mean, I think it's it's a good overall base package that they can start with and and build you know into a race bike. Right. Okay. So Eli Tomac, you know him well. You trained with him for a little while. Well, I, mean, I don't know if anybody knows Eli that well, but um, uh, you know you but you did train with him and you know everything. Bike set up, arm pump. He went backwards last week. We all saw that. Uh, Glendale's a good track for him. Um, what? What are your what's your take on the Detroit ride and does he rebound? I do think he rebounds. I think that well, let me say this. I think he has to in order to continue to be in the championship hunt. He has to win this weekend in my opinion. Um I cannot explain what happened last weekend. I mean, it looked like something um from back in the day when he yep. used to be uncomfortable and get arm pumps. So yep. I think that's plausible. I I personally you know, I have no idea, but I don't think that something happened to the bike. No, um, it, it didn't from what I guess. Yeah. Look tight. And I mean, it, it's hard to ride with arm pump when you're riding at the vet track, you know, at your local spot when it's dead flat, but try <laughs> riding something like that with arm pump. It's yeah. freaking dang near impossible. So, um, I mean, yeah, it, on paper, it looks extremely hard to do for a guy like him to win at a two, um, commandingly in that third third uh, heat or third race, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but and then to go and and do that last weekend. But realistically, a little bit of arm pump on a track like that goes a long way. It looked like Zach Osborne's ride at the uh, two-stroke MXDN race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dropping. Um, <laughs> and like I said, you know, it's one thing to ride at the local vet track yep. with with arm pump, but Riding a supercross track as gnarly as that one was, um, and and TV does it no justice. I'm sure yeah. um, I've been in those situations. Um, so to me, it's it's plausible that he just had arm pump. You know. Yeah, yeah. So I think he rebounds. I don't know if he wins, but I was saying like, well, I asked if it were okay. somewhere else, I would say I would agree. But Glendale's his spot, dude. Like yeah. he's so good there. He's so good on the hard pack, um, and it's kind of. I don't I don't know why I think this, but his back's kind of against the wall um, to make to make some points and kind of assert himself. Yeah, so if he shows up and he does get a sixth or a seventh, I'm not even talking about a going backwards ride like Detroit. Just he's the one of the last factory guys in the mean group. It, it, this thing might be over. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't. Yeah, it, we still don't have any clear favorites. I mean, Jet is is one of the. One of the guys, for sure, Chase, seems to have it together enough to um, take it the distance down the stretch. Mm-hmm. But 
as far as the, the rest go, I mean, it's, it's up in the air. I thought Coop was really, really good last weekend, um, you know, to start 12th or 13th, wherever he was after the first lap and yeah. and make it up to fourth was a really good ride. Um, and I think he'll only continue to get better. Um, this weekend, I don't expect a ton out of him just because it's not really his style, big, open, fast, hard. All, it's kind of all the things he's, you know, not as good at, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think once it gets really gets in the thick of the East Coast, Coop's going to come on strong. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I, I still think there's a lot of unanswered questions as far as championship and just race wins each weekend goes. Yeah, it, it, I'm with you. Um, Glendale's a good track. I, did you like it? Did you like the big four? No. Okay, wasn't your no, style? I hate that place. Yeah. <laughs> That's like the one arena where I'm just like, I'm good. Like, I don't care if I ever go back there. Okay. Yeah. Well, you had that horrible triple crown there, right? I remember. That horrible triple yeah. crown. Um, I got I, my, my bike quit in the heat um, in 2016 and uh, got a bad start in the main, and that kind of ended my campaign, my championship campaign mm-hmm. that year. Uh, it was going well until that point. Um, yeah, it just was never great to me. I was like, right. Um, Sexton, I wrote about. We talked about him on Monday's show, and then I wrote about him a little bit in my column on Racer X. He's qualified second, twice, and third. Um, I don't believe he's ever had the fastest lap in any main event yet that I can remember. He's been solid, uh, which is such a rare thing to say for Sexton. Like He doesn't appear to have the speed advantage over everyone that he had on a Honda. Maybe it's coming. I don't know. But he's more, you know, Ryan Dungey, like as Weege was saying, than the flashy guy that we saw in a Honda. Uh, does he get it back, or is this is this a concentrated effort by Sexton to stay upright and avoid mistakes? I think he's just matured a little bit. Um, yep. I personally, you know, I think that the speed is good and all that, but I prefer this way. You know, like this is more of a. He won the championship last year, sure, and he won an outdoor title. Or he, you know, he's won championships in the past, but this is more of a championship-looking package to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the speed comes back fully. Um, he just doesn't look as I don't, I don't know. He doesn't seem to have as much like forward drive and snappy speed. I guess, like you said, you know, um, I just I don't. I don't know where that kind of went. Mm-hmm. He's still the same guy, right? So the only thing that can be is just a bike change. Um, I think that it takes a lot longer um, than one eight-week off-season to really adjust to a bike. So maybe, you know, we get to this time next year and we're we're having the opposite conversation. Like, you know, he's fast as crap again and right. um, and head, head and shoulders above the rest. But um, either way, I think this is more of a championship package than, than the old chase. Speaking of Triumph, by the way, earlier, Triumph's the official uh, uh, team for Zool, Zool's Bags. they got you covered with backpacks, travel roller bags, gear bags, and more. Uh, with Whether you're traveling for work, pleasure, or simply hauling kids and their gear to never-ending sporting events, Zool's has you covered. Zool'sBagCo.com. Pulp24 is a code to say. Pulp24. Zool'sBagCo.com. Uh, official partner of Triumph, as well as the Ford Performance guys, Pastrana, Hart, and more. Check out Zool's Bags. Zach Osborne here on the Fly Racing uh, Moto 60 show. Um, all right, Zacho, we're going to 250. Let's talk 250 a little bit. Um, red plate for Jordan and Levi. RJ made up a bunch last time. Um, yeah, this is going to be good, I think. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I can make a case for each guy winning this championship and how cool it would be, quote unquote. So I'm going to let it play out. But this is going to be a really good title. Uh, do you have any of the, the three guys as favorite, as one a favorite or the over the other? Um, I. I don't. I still think it's just as up in the air as the 450. Um, for me, I think for Smitty and RJ, it's it's time. Like one of them has to win this championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Kitchen, you know, he's younger. He's got plenty of time, um, and maybe maybe that poses a little bit less pressure for him. Um, so I think he's kind of in in the catbird seat at the moment, just because he doesn't have those pressing factors and that history of being in the class for 10 years and all the things that people chirp and chime about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say he's kind of in the driver's seat um, just just from from that perspective, just from the pressure perspective. But um, Smitty's been solid. RJ has been solid other than the, the one um, mud deal. 
mm-hmm. but I think they're all three pretty tit for tat, and I think that they can, you know, any of the three of them can win this title. Honestly, yeah. So you're with me. You don't really have a a favorite to pick from. No, not not a clear favorite. Yep. Like I said, if anything, it's, it's probably Levi, just because he has way less pressure than the other two. What's your takeaway from Detroit? Forkner wins, huge first turn crash. So you know, Cameron and and Hamaker and Vial, Deegan. Didn't get a chance to really see those guys. But either way, Forkner was fast all day, as was Anstey in second. But what's your takeaway from that class? Yeah, I thought Forkner was super solid, and I thought Anstey also was super solid. You know, in the main, they never looked um, to be rushing it. They looked like they were well well within their means, well within control. Um, and, you know, it, honestly, it's nice to see Forkner win. It's been a while. He's had a hell of a road to get back to winning. Um, and he looked just more... Uh, mature all day honestly like he just wasn't putting in those crazy fast laps with Mm -hmm. you know wild moments and all that stuff I thought he looked much more solid and I think it's repeatable honestly he's kind of the clear-cut favorite for me at this point Um, even with the carnage and everything that went down I think he's he's really solid he he looked just easy in that main event looked like if he needed to go two seconds Mm -hmm. a lot faster he could have done it color you not shocked you 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 know you won championships in both classes and you're a veteran rider you're probably not shocked there was a massive pileup in 250s but the 450 guys all made it around yeah uh it, <laughs> the, the crash was big like it reminded me of that um dallas 18 crash with oh, marty yeah with uh, and, osby. Uh, osby osby yeah. yeah yeah obviously the the start wasn't quite as fast because it was across the stadium instead of mm-hmm. down the middle of the stadium mm-hmm. um but still just a big nasty first turn crash um and yeah i mean that's 250 racing right yeah. like yeah somebody gets a little excited and then <laughs> somebody else gets a little excited and it's yeah. carnage absolutely let's take some phone calls zach oh zach osborne here supercross champion motocross champion on the fly race the moto 60 show we'll start with tyler tyler go ahead what's your question man Hey, so I want to play devil's advocate here. I have a kind of a couple questions. One is um, coming back to what we talked about or what you guys talked about earlier with the 250s being second, maybe season long now. Mm-hmm. If we really want to see the premier riders of the sport and things that you've talked about, Steve, with separation, premier riders doing technical things, if the 250s are getting the beat up track for their main event at the end of the night, isn't that potentially going to cause the problems that Feld is trying to get away from by making a track way more dangerous for less experienced riders when it's all chewed up at the end of the night? Uh, I don't think so. Um, the 450 main is still going last, so they're still getting the most beat-up track. Uh, the heat races are going to be different. But, yeah, Zacho, uh, they flipped the 450s again this weekend. That's probably something that's here to stay. Um, but what, what's your take on it, Zach? I definitely think that the, the the 450 main should be last because, like he said, um, the track is way more gnarly at the end of the 450, after the 450s go, period. Um, not just, you know, with having one more session on it. But, man, the 450 race just chews it up so much. You know, I used to think when I was in the 250 class, like, oh, you know, at the end of the main, I wasn't that far off of those guys when they start the main. But, like, it's another world at the end of the 450 main. It's it's just a completely different track, and um, I don't see that boating well with um, you know rookie guys, younger guys out there on that track. So I definitely don't think that they should put the the 250 main last. But I didn't hate the 450s going first in the heat races and um, the format that they ran last week. All right. Anything else, Tyler? Second thing. Yeah, second thing real quick, just another devil's advocate. You guys have – you you and DB were talking about starts earlier, and I kind of wanted to get on that. Um, talking about 90-degree lefts and, and all these things. So with all of the measures that are in place now for starts, grates, maps, whole shot devices and everything, mm-hmm. um, the, the standard Supercross triple is 72 feet, right? I think 67, maybe 72. 67. I, I thought it was 67. Anyways. But, but, so for sake of argument, they have it standardized. Why not make a standardized length start so the guys are barely getting into third gear, so they're not going as fast, and therefore hopefully the pileups won't be as big, and or no more 90s period has to be a 180, maybe combine those things. Look, uh, yeah, I mean, Zacho, uh, DB and I were talking about it. 90 degrees starts the width of the stadiums are 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 – Recipes for disasters. Uh, they've always yeah. been that way. In the two-stroke days, four-stroke days, anything. 
Um, so, yeah, Tyler's got a good point. If you're worried about nine whoops and no dragon backs, can you be worried about a 90-degree start straight? Start first turn? Like I should, agree. Yeah, you or should length. The length might or be a little length, length might be a little weird because of different stadium configurations and stuff and all yeah, that. Yeah, that but. and also like in my opinion, that one this weekend was you know, when they go across like the end zone, that's about as short as a start can be, right? Yeah. Like yeah. I mean I wouldn't want to do a start much shorter than that because no. then it's kind of um unfair, unrealistic to the guys on the outside, like they don't have any space to get some speed going if they catch a good jump or something like that. Yeah. Um I don't think the length is so much the problem as it is um, the, the turn the itself. Turn. Yeah. Uh, good point, so one Tyler. Thing that I thought, yeah. one, sorry, one thing that I thought was really interesting with that being so short is that when they got into the rhythm, guys weren't able to just take off and launch and do the big rhythms because they were so bunched up. They had to slow down through that first rhythm a little bit, and I think that that made for a little bit well, better racing for at least the I second think, corner. I, you got a point, but I think that, that first little step tabletop thing was a reason why. Yeah. You know, that's and I think yeah, that's, there for that's a, reason. a big yeah. feather on the on the Dirtworks guys' cap is they've had that. You know, we talked about this in one of the earlier shows this season that they had a bunch of those on the track map, and we assumed that it was for that reason. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's worked pretty well. Um, and I, you know, I I have a hard time getting on board with all the start stuff, the greats, and um, the whole shot devices and all that because, like, first turn pilots happened before all that first turn pileups still happen they're not you know this the start this weekend was let's say the worst case yep. worst configuration and there was one pileup like it's not like it's every start yep. there's this massive deal you know if if it was 10 weekends in a row and we had three start turn you know first turn pileups mm-hmm. then look at grades and start devices and all that stuff but to me like that stuff's going to happen as it does you know as much as it does with no matter what you're you're doing, if you're starting on dirt with no hole shot devices, first turn pileups are going to happen almost yeah, at the same rate, in my opinion. Yeah, listen, I was the one saying these greats suck, all the starting stuff sucks. It's going to result in more first turn crashes, and I watched when it happened, and I felt like we had more first turn crashes. I didn't had no antidotes. I didn't have any data to back that up, but it felt like it. But then I did talk to the Feld guys, and they were like, "No, it's about the same." Now. You know, when you think about it and break it down, it does make sense that the riders are closer together because starting technique is easier than ever. But I don't know if we've necessarily seen more first turn crashes with greats and all the star shit. But I would still get rid of a lot of it if it was my opinion. So yeah, but also uh, like thanks, I, you thanks know, Tyler, not, thank you. Not in a, not, I'm not bashing, but the the level of everyone has come up, right? Like we can't say that it's the same as early nope. 90s or yep. whatever. Yep. You know. In, as a whole, as a sport. So yep. to me, no matter what you do, as far as greats, whole shot devices, everyone's going to go into the first turn at some similar level now. Whereas back then, yeah. you know, if you watch a start in the 90s, there's guys that are like eight bike lengths back off the off the gate. Like that's yep. not even realistic anymore with <laughs> 18 really. factory guys no. in, the, in the 450 main event. So to me, the, the separation is going to be all the same no matter, you know, across the board, for the most part, like 90%, it's going to be the same. So I, I just I have a hard time with all that. All right, sounds good. Uh, seat Concepts, by the way, Pulp MX24, whether you're hitting the motocross track or gearing up for a trek across the country, Seat Concepts has a seat for you. they got a variety of replacement covers, complete seats, height and width profiles on the seats. They all Each seat incorporates proprietary foam formulation. So Pulp MX24, seatconcepts.com. On and off-road seats. All right, let's knock out these questions, Zacho, uh, real quick, and uh, and then we'll let you get going. Carlos, what's up? You want to talk Tomac? Yeah, what's up, man? Um, so we just saw what happened with him at Detroit last week. Do you think he has to go, like, balls deep into testing for the upcoming East Coast rounds? Because his setup is clearly not working on, on these soft tracks. Yeah, it's a little weird. We've seen it, but we've seen him win on these tracks before, Carlos, you know? We've seen him win, but... Uh, I'm with you. The setup was off. It wasn't. They weren't happy with it. Um, I mean, they're always testing, right? Everybody's testing. Everybody's trying to find better, better setup and everything else. I will say, I saw DV's comments about his setup, and I and I respect Villeman. Uh, he's a smart guy. My comeback to Villeman would be like, he hasn't really changed his setup, and he's won championships on it. So while DV thinks his bike isn't set up well, and I'm not saying he's wrong, Eli Tomac's won a lot of races and championships 
with the setup he has now. So, um, Carlos, they're always looking, right? They're always changing stuff. Fuck you, you're fired. Yeah, that's okay. a, that sounds like DV. Uh, thanks, Carlos. Thank you, man. Uh, anything else to add to that, setup-wise, Sacco? I I would say just back to the notes package from last year. It's the same same chassis, yeah. same bike, very similar. You know. Yep. I don't think that they're panicking. Nope. Uh, Austin's on four about training, uh, Zacho. Go ahead, Austin. Hey, how's it going, Zach? Um, so I've been looking at your guys' uh, like screenshots of your Zwift posts or some of your Strava rides like that, you and Joey, and I've had some stuff sent to me. And it seems like relatively you guys who have been cycling and training for, I don't know, your whole careers have a relatively low FTP number. Uh, is that kind of what you guys are using the bicycles for is just long form endurance, but where do you guys try to get that intensity for the motos and all that kind of, you know what I mean? Like I know zone two for five hours, isn't going to get you in shape for the 20 minute main event where your heart rate's 200. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's a huge misconception of training in our sport that lots of people ride bicycles for uh extra intensity like there's plenty of intensity on the motorcycle so basically all that comes from all the intensity comes from the riding like the motorcycle riding and um it's kind of like way overstated how much guys ride like you know i would say a big week in boot camp is like 160 to 200 220 miles so like that's it's not a major week that's not like a cycling week you know what i mean brandis uh two days of michael brandis yeah yeah michael brandis isn't a nut um but i think that people get off thinking that it you know we're using the uh bicycle to build you know build intensity which is not the case all right okay yeah that's A lot of sense then, yeah, because I've I've recently started to get back into the dirt bike thing for some enduro cross stuff like that, and I cycle 200 miles a week or so, and I notice I've been gassed way harder. I'm like, well, where do I find that intensity? Where does Zach find his intensity? Yeah, I mean, like like I said, all pretty much all of our yeah. intensity comes from the riding. Sure, there's some uh, interval stuff during the week um, on the bicycle, but you know, for the most part, it's all the riding. Uh, Austin, good question. Do you want to set a fly race in uh, five-point pivot knee guards? Yeah, actually, for enduro cross, I really need knee oh, guards. I perfect. For my shit up pretty bad. That works. Day. All right, stay on hold. All right, thanks for calling. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, Zacho, it does. Um, you know, look, Alden's won a lot of championships. He helped you out as well, uh, and I'm not yeah. questioning that. But there's a there's more than a few people that are like, are you a bicycle racer or a dirt bike racer? <laughs> yeah, but I think that that's a lot because. People think that there's, you know, guys are doing a century every day or something like that, okay. or like three hours on a bicycle. Like that doesn't yeah. happen, you know. With Alton, um, I don't know how it is now, but we had one three-hour ride a year, which was on Thanksgiving. It's because Alton hated Thanksgiving because he knew we were all going to eat more than we should have been eating. So <laughs> it was like we're going to do this bike ride, which will cancel out some of what you're going to do today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he always complained about Thanksgiving. So um, he didn't like yeah, off-season I mean, races, yeah. holidays, uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that. It just upsets the apple cart too much, you know. <laughs> uh, it, last call here for from Mason. What's up, Mason? What's your question, man? I just wanted to get your guys' take on the uh, SMX jersey thing and how long it's going to be until we see a stadium full of vegan jerseys. Oh boy, yeah. You saw that, Zacho? They're selling replica jerseys. Um, Long time coming, no, right? Honestly. Yeah, they, they're selling replica jerseys. And, you know, the the sponsors all get some. The rider gets some. Feld gets most of it. Um, it is funny though, Mason. We used to make fun of people who wore jerseys to races, like we legitimately did. Right, but you see, you know, football stadiums packed yeah. with them. What's the yeah, yeah. what's the deal? It never made sense why we made fun of them. I mean, I was one of those yeah, guys that made fun of them. I never thought of that actually. Right, but like, so do we stop making fun of them now? I think no, we you do. Won't catch me out in a, in, well, a, in a football jersey. Okay, so yeah, you won't catch. I've I don't know since I've been fifteen, I don't think I've worn a jersey to a sporting event. You know, <laughs> um, but I used to when I was a kid. Uh, but listen, it still stands though. If you're Walker Fowler, you can't wear your jersey around. That's where we no, we're that's making. A that's a no no, and it still stands to this day. So just FYI. So can Walker Fowler wear a Jet jersey to Supercross? Yeah, Walker Walker Fowler can wear a Jet jersey to Supercross. We're fine. Okay. But it's not for me. Where did Walker Fowler do that at? uh, At Tampa one year, and then he got really mad because we made fun of him. Um, But we were like, you can't wear your own jersey to the race, man. You just can't. No, that's that's not not okay. No. So, But honestly, Mason, maybe we – 
Zacho and I should change our opinions and allow that uh, jerseys are fine. I don't know. You guys should be the first to wear one to the uh, stadium. <laughs> there we go. I'm going to squeeze into it. I'll send lo- you one, Mathis. Yeah, I'm going to squeeze into an Osborne one jersey. I uh, have it here. Medium. Uh, right? Yeah. Thanks, Mason. Thank you. Good to Thanks, guys. Yeah, it is interesting. Look, I, I think this deal's been a long time coming. I know JT told me about it. Uh, you know, just trying to get, like, the profit margins, right, for the sponsors on the jersey, for the rider themselves, and for Feld has always been tough. I guess they figured it out, though. So, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I, I saw – I actually thought that it was, like, teams selling them on the gear, gear website or whatever. I no. didn't know that it was, a, like, a Feld thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, buddy. Uh, pick your winners this weekend, Glendale. Both classes, please. Thank you. Uh, I haven't picked a winner so far this year, okay. so um, I probably continue that trend. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go with uh, three and um, wow, Tomac rebounds with a win. Uh, three and thirty. Okay. Wow, the, you're out there with these picks, Zacho. I like it. I know. I like I it. I said I'm going to continue my trend, but yeah. uh, um, I think I think Shimoda he's got to have a rebound. I was extremely um, high on Shimoda coming into the season, and it just yep. hasn't, hasn't panned out. But he's well and truly capable of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe this is the turnaround. Okay, cool. Uh, good show, Jackal. Thanks for the info. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. See you. All right, everybody, that's Zach Osborne and Daniel Blair as well. Thank you to those guys. Thanks to all the callers, man. Some really good calls on the show, I thought. Fly racing, get Plum Creek funding, Vertex. 100% seat concepts, decal works, Zools, Maxis, all on board with us. Pulp 30 code to save it 100%, by the way, on anything at 100%. Marks, Tits, fantastic job. Thank you. Yeah. Lots of energy wow. over there. Wow. Excited. Wow. All right, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>